Hello everyone, it's Hannah. So I can't wait for July 27th. In case you guys haven't heard, I am going to be speaking about all things YouTube and video and how to use video to connect with your community and uplevel your brand at the Nashville Blogger Bash in, you guessed it, Nashville, Tennessee. This is hosted by the Nashville Blogger Collective, but even if you don't live in Nashville, you're not from Nashville, definitely come for the weekend because it is going to be amazing. The kickoff party is Friday night and then the conference is July 27th, uh, Saturday, where you get to choose which sessions you want to go to. So I'm giving my session twice that day. And then there is a fun brunch party party the Sunday after. But I will be at the kickoff party and giving my talk and be at the event on Saturday. So if you guys are interested in tickets, I also have $20 off uh, discount for you. So definitely check the show notes, scroll to the bottom there. And I really hope to see you guys there. I'd love to chat with you about all things YouTube, answer your questions. And I just know it's going to be a great day for anyone wanting to expand and learn more about being an influencer and a blogger, YouTuber, whatever it may be. So I hope to see you guys there and let's get started with this episode. If you're a small business who has employees and hates dealing with payroll, let me introduce to you Gusto. Gusto offers modern, easy payroll to small businesses across the country. And as a listener, you'll get three months free when you run your first payroll. Sign up and give it a try at gusto.com dream. That's gusto.com dream. guys welcome back to the dream achieve podcast i hope you all are having a good week i hope you had a good fourth of july if you are an american listener or a good canada day for my canadian gals out there it's just a fun week over in north america the first week of july it's a fun time um i really love holidays i live for holidays actually i'm a lot like my mom in that regard we try to make holidays a pretty big thing and so the tradition i've given myself for the past few years is for all the holidays i bake a pie because i just think that's such a wholesome thing to do you know i just feel like i'm going back in time if you guys know the musical waitress it's all about a baker and she makes pies and there's songs about it it's a lot deeper than that i've actually never seen the show i just love the soundtrack um but it's an amazing show and i just play that soundtrack I think this started two years ago maybe and I've just kept with it because honestly guys if you're not into baking pies are pretty easy to make if you stick with the basics so last fourth of July I made a blueberry pie with fresh blueberries we went picking the day before and we did that again today so it's the day before the fourth of July actually when I'm recording this introduction and I went blueberry picking this morning I have like two pounds of blueberries I'm gonna make two pies for tomorrow I can't wait for Thanksgiving. You know, I do love making my pumpkin and apple pies around Christmas. What did I make for Christmas? Probably again, like a pumpkin walnut pie or for Father's Day in June, I made a key lime pie. For Easter, I made a lemon pie. Like I just think it's so fun. So that's my little little tidbit for this week. But I hope you guys are excited for this episode. We're going to talk about all things public speaking with Lisa Hyde, because public speaking is something that has really grown my career, I feel like. I went onto my first stage as a expert in the YouTube industry, I guess you could say. I was speaking about YouTube at a blogger conference in February of 2018, and it was amazing. I was on such a high. I was, of course, very nervous, but because I had done so many presentations um, in my high school, it wasn't super overwhelming. And ever since then, I've hosted my own live events where I speak. I'm speaking, like I said, at that upcoming Nashville conference. And I just, I love being able to give the content that I talk about in this podcast or on my YouTube channel in person because you can actually see people's reactions, answer questions live. It's a different experience. So if you're kind of timid about public speaking, I hope you gain some tips from this episode. But of course, first we are going to get into the Dreamer Spotlight where I interview you guys and hear what you've been up to. Now it is time for the Dreamer Spotlight, where I interview you guys, listeners and viewers of my YouTube channel to see what you've been up to, how you've been making moves, and also to see what you're dreaming up next. Hey, Nina, thanks for coming on the show. I would love for you to tell the audience a bit about yourself. Yeah, so hi guys, my name is Nina Buford. I'm 19. Um, I'm from Austin, Texas. I used to play college softball and basically um, 
my faith is a huge part of my life. I love health and fitness, and hopefully I want to be an entrepreneur um, in the fitness industry. So, yeah. Uh, I love that. So I played softball up till, like, what was it? Seventh grade? Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, I loved it, though. Like, from literally whenever I could walk, my dad put a bat in my hand, and my brother played baseball. So we're a big baseball family. Oh, but really? um yeah. So what are you wanting to go into like in the fitness in- or faith industry? Um, so that's something I'm working on right now. Um, I really have learned a lot. So I actually, I played college football for a semester and then just decided that wasn't for me. Um, I really felt like the Lord was putting something different on my heart. I've always had a passion for health and fitness. Um, and so when I came back to Austin um, for the semester, I was taking community college classes and I really dove into like my platform. Um, I dove into entrepreneurship and listening to a bunch of podcasts. Um, and I haven't, just, I don't really know yet what I'm going to do, but I know that I want to have my own business in the fitness industry and I really want to turn it around. Um, I know that there's, there's a lot of stuff here in the fitness industry. <laughs> there's a lot of different diets and different things. And ultimately I just want to teach girls how to live a healthy lifestyle and hopefully have the Lord by their side. <laughs> yeah. I love that. So what have you learned so far by pursuing this dream? Um, I've learned a lot. I've learned that, um, Sometimes they're not always going to impress the people that you want to impress. And that's okay. I mean, at the end of the day, like you have to trust your gut and like, this is your life. Um, and I think I had a lot of people, my family, friends holding me back because I had a big opportunity to play college softball. Um, but I really, truly felt like the Lord was leading me a different way. And I really believe in this saying that you create your reality. And so if you know in your heart that you, something's not for you, you just have to dive in the other way. And I know that it's it's scary. It's a lot, but it's just like one of the most rewarding things um, that you will ever do for yourself. <laughs> mm, yes. And what are you still learning or what's the struggle you're facing? I think right now it's to really like trust myself. I think that it's hard because we have all these thoughts and feelings. Um, I, something I do struggle with a lot is just having, um, I worry about everything. I think I'm like, oh my gosh, like what if this goes wrong? And I I know that those thoughts are normal, but that is something that I am trying to work on. I'm trying to lean more towards like positive thoughts <laughs> and the Lord's guidance um, in scripture for me. Um, and just leaning towards like my friends and family who do support me and know that I can do it. It just, yeah, so that's something I'm struggling with that I'm trying to get over and overcome. <laughs> yes. Do you know your Enneagram number? I don't. I've heard, okay. I've listened to so many podcasts on it, but I haven't taken the test yet. Okay. I was wondering, because you <laughs> talked a lot about like yourself and your feelings and with your thoughts. And I feel like that's a lot of aspects of Enneagram types. So I was wondering, but yes, definitely go take the test. It's super fun. <laughs> I need to. I definitely need to. <laughs> So where can people follow more on your journey? Yeah. So if you want to check out on Instagram, my Instagram account is just Nina B fitness underscore. And it's kind of like a lifestyle, um, faith, fitness, motivational kind of page. <laughs> That's awesome. I had a fitness and like food account. I've had so many Instagram accounts over the years. Oh my gosh. I've had like, uh, and basically I just posted pictures of my food and I haven't done it in maybe five years, but they are, they are really fun to run. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show, Nina and sharing your story. Thanks so much for having me. So that was Nina's story on this week's dreamer spotlight. If you want to be on the dreamer spotlight, hit us an email at hannahashtonyt at gmail.com with dreamer spotlight in the subject line. I still have a lot of responses in the type form I originally sent out to go through. So if you get an email from me soon, I'm sorry it's delayed, but we just had so many applications to be on it, which is amazing. Um, and with only one episode going up a week, I had to save some for, for later times, you know? But anyway, now let's get into the interview with Lisa. So Lisa Hyde is the author of Be Hashtag Strong Her. It is a guide to building confidence. She is also an entrepreneur, a beauty and wellness expert, retail trend spotter, sought after public speaker and advisor to the next generation of entrepreneurs with the Confidence Crown podcast, which I was recently on. So 
definitely go check that out. I'll have the link to the episode in the show notes. Today, we are going to talk about all things from our favorite skincare line, which we both sell, which is Rodan and Fields. And we're also going to get into public speaking as Lisa has an amazing story of how she was able to get out of her skin and begin public speaking, which I know a lot of us may have to do in high school, college presentations, or maybe you just want to start doing some live events and public speaking to help build your brand. Either way, I think it's a great asset to have, and she is going to give us her best tips along with a few other things we'll discuss. So let's go ahead and get into the interview. Hey, Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Hannah. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. So guys, we actually just recorded for Lisa's podcast, the Confidence Crown podcast. And so if you want to hear about me through her interview, um, definitely go check that out. But now I can't wait to learn all about Lisa and all that she does. So she helps women make it rain confidence from the inside out, which I absolutely love. Um, You guys know and ask so many questions about how do I become more confident? How do I step outside of these fears? So I can't wait to talk to Lisa about all that. But first, I would love for you to just share a bit about your story and where you are not now in your career. Sure. Thank you, Hannah. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, um, <laughs> let me go back to that day far, far ago. Um, no, what's so funny is I Similar to Hannah in many ways, um, I've always had a job. I started working when I was 13. Um, I've always wanted to be the boss. I always liked working for myself over anyone else. So I was always looking for ways to create that. And back then, it was really only retail jobs that would give you the ability to be a manager. And that was as close to being a boss as you could back then. Um, But when I was in college, um, I actually already knew what I wanted to do for a career. And so I was in school honestly, working full-time, in school full-time, in a sorority with my eye on just like graduating in four years so I could start my big job as a talent agent and manager at a big agency in Hollywood. (laughs) And I honestly was in, I had such tunnel vision that I probably didn't take advantage of the college experience in the best ways possible because it was just like, work, school, a few minutes of play, (laughs) work, school, a few minutes of play. I just wanted to get done. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't get to explore a lot of other things. Um, At the time, there weren't entertainment business courses. There weren't things for me to study, even in the entrepreneurial aspect of it, unless you were specifically in the business school. And I wasn't, again, because I knew what I wanted to do. So I ended up film school minor, some silly (laughs) Bachelor of Arts degree for the rest of it, um, but just to be done in four years. Um, But as I told Hannah, one of the things that I avoided like the plague um, when I was growing up was public speaking, because I always knew that I was going to be supporting actors and writers and musicians and being behind the camera. And I will say my big mistake, and I always admit this, and this was a big fear of mine that I had to get over, was public speaking. So Hannah told me even in her high school that that was a big part of their learning lesson. And I can't express enough how important that is in the long term of any career you have, whatever path you take is public speaking. So sorry, I just have to throw that part in because that is such a huge element because I was in the entertainment world for 12 years. I loved my job um, and I probably would still be doing it, but my mom became ill. I quit. I closed my management company to take care of her. And I was her caregiver. And it sent me back quite a few years of like not knowing what to do with myself. I kind of lost my passion and my drive. And while she was sick, I was back to managing retail because it was the only thing I could do with flexible hours. Um, but no passion, no love, no drive. And I really had to rethink like, oh my gosh, what do I do now? I was five years out of entertainment Um, which is like five years too much. You can't really go back. You'd be starting from scratch. And I had to rethink the whole world. And I went back to school. I actually got another degree and it was in healthcare, which again, no passion, no love, but it was going to offer me a nice steady earning job because in 2008, the market was really, really um, unstable and healthcare was like a sure thing. So thanks to the doctor boyfriend I had, that's why I did that. Um, But I became a caregiver again. And this time it was for my grandmother. And I was in the tail end of my program and I had panic attacks. There's no way that I could work in a hospital setting. 
I didn't love the work that I was learning. Um, what the heck was I going to do? But I couldn't tell anyone. I just spent $42,000 going back to school. I mm. already have a degree. Now I've gone back again. I have a new degree. I don't want to do the job, but I can't tell anyone. So I'm kind of resigned to being like, oh, just going to have a job, and that's what life's going to be like. And I was bummed. I was really bummed. And I had someone on LinkedIn reach out to me and talk to me about how to build a home business, which I thought she was crazy. <laughs> I was a total skeptic. And I was like, lady, uh, I don't know how you got my phone number, <laughs> but I don't need another sales job. I'm good. I'm good. And she's like, well, this is about building a business that you can do in your own time, like a hobby. That was the magic word. Side hustle wasn't actually being used yet. This was eight years ago, but hobby was. And I thought, oh, okay. So I'm going to have a job I don't like, but my weekends can be mine and I can be doing something that could be interesting and helping other people. Oh my God. I was like, okay, how do I start? And honestly, I knew nothing. Again, skeptic. I was like, online business, network marketing, you got to be crazy. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was that horrible phone call that people in this business have where I was like, yeah, right. Sure. It works. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, lo and behold. It works. I've been doing it for eight years. I couldn't be happier. Um, and when I graduated from that program, I had been doing this business only four months. And I had already started to create an income. I had clients. I had business partners. And I thought, oh, holy moly. Uh, if I would have actually invested myself and start learning how to really do this business, um, I could maybe make something of it. So I turned down the job at the hospital. And that's it. Like I just like dove right in talk about self-learning I it's a personal development path um it's like <laughs> diving into like a Tony Robbins pool mm. <laughs> and for eight years like swimming and like trying to figure out like how do you do this how do you do that digital age was growing Facebook was literally coming of age as I was starting this business so so much of what I've learned these past eight years was as the market was changing so it's been this amazing road and out of it came a podcast because I do a lot of coaching and mentoring and people want to know more about how I do that. And then I wrote a book. <laughs> That's how we got here. I mean, it's crazy. None of it was planned. None of it. That was not what I thought I'd be doing for the rest of my life at all. Wow. And that business is Rodan and Fields Consulting, right? It is. Thank you. It is. Um, I had great skin as a teen. I was one of the lucky ones. But um, when my mom got sick, um, I got cystic acne, and it was painful and horrible. And the treatments that my dermatologist gave me left me with this other really unpleasant issue called melasma, or sometimes called hyperpigmentation. And it's this brown, patchy discoloration of your skin, and nothing takes that away. So I finally got over the cystic acne, which was, again, really, really painful, and um, talk about a confidence killer um, for someone who never had any issues with their skin to all of a sudden be just like hiding all the time um, was was a big kick in the gut. And then getting over and being like, oh, God, finally. And then the melasma, I was like, you've got to be kidding. How many more setbacks am I going to have? And how many times am I going to have to hide myself? Because there's no makeup that hides melasma. And I... That was what was happening to me when that girl on the phone called me and she's like, I had melasma and I don't anymore. And I really gave her a hard time. I was like, listen, lady, I have a dermatologist in Beverly Hills and she can't fix me. There's nothing over the counter that's going to work. But that's exactly what happened. It was three weeks and the nurses at the hospital started cornering me and like, we have to talk to you. <laughs> what? What did I do? Like, um, you're glowing and we want to know why. Mind you. No sleep, no food, like nothing was happening right. I was training all day and I was in the hospital all night with my grandmother. Like I 24-7 living like a medical life. Mm -hmm. But I had to started washing my face <laughs> with these products. And that's what they noticed. And I was like, oh, okay. And they had me bring the products to work and set them up in the cafeteria. I knew nothing about what I was doing, but they all bought something. And I was like, holy crap, that's all you have to do is just share what you love. And that's sure. all I've been doing for the last eight years, just share what I love because people ask me all the time, how old are you? What are you doing? How do you, how does your skin look like that? I'm like, this, this stuff is the bomb. <laughs> it really works. 
I actually use Rodan and Fields. My mom sells it. No way. Oh my goodness. I know. That's so funny. And I saw that in your, um, your bio. I was like, oh my gosh, my mom got into this a long time ago. Actually, I did have bad skin, like even in middle school. Um, And so she sold it for a little bit and then she stopped, which she's kicking herself for now. But a few years ago, she started selling it again. And I love it. Yeah. Have you tried the new masks? Please, girl. I had a mask party. They're fantastic. <laughs> I love them. I, I love them. them. I'm using all of them, actually. I, that's what I love, too, is all four of them work um, for my skin, depending on what my skin wants to do one day. So, oh, I actually, yesterday, was it yesterday? It's, see, it's a blur. My friend took me to JLo on Monday night. It was a surprise concert. Oh, yeah. Yesterday morning, I was multi-masking. I had on the reverse and the unblemished yesterday morning. <laughs> Those are the two that I've tried. Yeah, I tried the reverse. Uh, actually, the no, gold. the redefine. Sorry, okay. I we don't have the reverse yet. I want to get that one. Oh, um, I did the, the redefine and then unblemished last night. And it's, it's insane. I don't... Oh. I need to, like, okay, so I feel like my generation isn't into it as much. And so I'm trying to share, like, no, these products mm-hmm. are really, they have ingredients that actually work. They're not just selling fluff, but. No, it's not fluff. And that's why it's important for me to share, like, I had real skin issues. And again, I grew up here in Los Angeles. I have access to the best doctors in town and I've seen them all because when acne hit me in the cystic form of it, which is really, really, really painful. Um, I was getting cortisone injections in my chin three times a week, which is like $50 a pop. That had nothing to do with the lasers, peels, and products they were trying to sell me. I mean, just nothing was working. And um, I finally went to a very extreme method to get rid of the acne, which left me so sun sensitive that I ended up with the melasma. And thankfully, that's when I was introduced to the products because there truly is nothing else on the market that gets rid of melasma. And that too is something that I just see it crushing people's egos and confidence because you cannot hide it. Mm-hmm. Um, and while we're not talking about brain surgery and <laughs> it's amazing though, what outer confidence um, and inner confidence and how it plays a part. And I saw it on myself when I was struggling with acne. Um, I was still the same person. I, you know, I still cared about people. I wanted to help people. But I wasn't as excited about having face-to-face conversations because you always think people are honing in on the breakouts. They're not, but you think they are. So when I can help someone get over that, oh, it feels so good because I know exactly what that felt like. You know, it's like, Mm. oh, you don't have to worry about this anymore. It's going to be in the past. Um, Plus your age, it's about being preventative. Listen, our atmosphere is crazy. Our sun is crazy. Um, you know, thankfully you guys understand, or hopefully you guys understand, do not smoke, drink lots of water and use sunscreen. If nothing else, if you just do those three things, you guys are off to a great start, but being preventative at your age is just super, super smart and nobody should be struggling. That's, that's my big thing. My big wish. I don't want anyone to struggle. Like if you have acne or melasma or sensitive skin, there's something for you. Don't struggle. There's no reason mm-hmm. to struggle. I love that. Great, yeah. great skincare tips thrown Thank in. You. So, I love skincare. So I'm glad we got to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to public speaking, I would yeah. love for you to talk a bit more about how you got out of your shell and mm-hmm. kind of pushed yourself into that because people my age are were in the same place that you were in. Like yeah. so scared. I see it in my college classes when we have to do presentations. I see it online. How did you start to come out of your shell and be on stage? I can't wait to continue the interview, but first let's hear a word from our sponsor Gusto. If you have a business or you know someone who does, you probably know that small business owners wear a lot of hats. And some of those hats are totally great. I love running my Instagram marketing. I love pitching myself. I love my event planning. But some of those hats, like filing taxes and running payroll, for example, not so great. That's where Gusto comes in. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, and HR actually easy for small businesses. Fast, simple payroll processing benefits and simple management tools all in one place. Gusto automatically pays and files your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. 
Yes, please. <laughs> Plus, they make it easy to add on health benefits and even 401ks for your team. Those old school, clunky payroll providers just weren't built for the way modern small businesses work, but Gusto is. So let them wear one of your mini hats. You have better things to do, like finally starting that IGTV series. Listeners get three months free when they run their first payroll. Try a demo and see for yourself at gusto.com slash dream. That's gusto.com slash dream. So what's really interesting about this business, so I'm sorry, I'm going to talk about Redan and Fields again, but we can talk about any network marketing, so it can just make it generic. Um, Mm -hmm. But when you learn about the business, you know, most normally, most normally, you most often go to a setting. It could be someone's house. It could be at a hotel. It could be um, over drinks. It doesn't matter the setting, but there's somebody there who's going to do a little bit about the business and a little bit about the product. She's going to be sharing the opportunity. And that information is kind of what we were just talking about, how the products work, why they're different than everything else, how the business works, and why it might be the right time for you to learn about it. And having those conversations over the phone is one thing, but when you have to have them face-to-face, I can do one-on-one, no problem. But I realized if I actually wanted to grow this business and actually create a team and duplicate this... I was going to have to get up in front of people and an audience and it would start off like five people. Then it was 10, 20, 30, 40, you know, like you said, like it's like, you know, 40 ish, 50 ish people. Like that was probably like the max that you would probably get to a local event. Um, now it's hundreds, but this is back in the, in the early days. Um, and, and then we had a leadership summit in Nashville and I had grown a really huge client base back then. I didn't know that it was big, um, but the person who sponsored me into the business, she's like, hey, I would love for you to talk about your best practices and how you grew um, such a large client base. Will you talk about it at our leadership summit? And I was like, sure. Hadn't been to leadership summit before, so I just thought it was going to be another room of like 40 or 50 people. (laughs) Again, they're basically peers because we all do the same business. So yeah, yeah, sure, no problem. Um, she's like, okay, great. So there's going to be this session. Um, you know, there's 6,000 of us going and da, da, da. I was like, what? Oh my God. <laughs> so, so I had already been like working on the flop sweat situation of talking in front of the five people that had become 10, the 20. I was still getting over that. Um, then she said, we have 6,000 going to leadership summit. So between the course of all of that, how I started from day one was what's great about any company that is worth its weight in salt like this one, they give you marketing tools and there are scripts. I'll be hundred percent honest. There are scripts so that you understand the language because you want to make sure you understand how the products are different than others, right? So you're going to have marketing tools and scripts that you can share so that you're not just talking out of your rear end. <laughs> you want to make sure you're sharing facts and not just hyperboles. Um, because one of the things that's really important about, network marketing and when you're sharing products is you don't want to make up something that's not true. You want to truly stick to the facts. And these are clinically proven products. So you want to be able to share that. So I took the scripts. Actually, I had to start with my why. Sorry, let me go back. I'd start with my why. Why was I doing this business? What was I possibly going to gain from it? So I had to learn what that story was for me. You have to memorize it. So that's one script. And then the script about how to talk about the business and share it with people and how to talk about the products and share them. So I would tape scripts up on my bathroom mirror. And as I was getting ready during the day, um, I would just start memorizing them. It's that, I mean, it was that simple. It was like, make sure it's your voice. Make sure it's written in your voice authentically. Make sure you're sharing about your own experience, but make sure you're getting the facts across. So I just memorized the scripts and then you'd have an event. And so when the event came, I'd still get tons of flop sweat and I'd still be like panicked and be like, like truly a sweaty mess. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't wait for this to end. But once I got into the routine, so this is about consistency and practice and being prepared. Once that I started doing that on a weekly or um, every two week basis um, in that group setting, it got easier and it got easier and it got easier. And then I got to the 6,000 and I will tell you our first night in Nashville, I should have gone out and partied with everyone else. I stayed in my hotel room, sound familiar? And I practiced. I went through my note cards and I wanted to make sure, even though I was talking to my peers, that I was going to get my facts across. 
So I just paced <laughs> my hotel room. Um, and I made sure that I actually didn't share a room that night. I was like, I'm getting my own room. I need to prepare. Yes. <laughs> and so that when I showed up the next day, I was set. This was also the first time that I was miked to speak in front of a crowd. So that too is really nerve wracking at first, because mm -hmm. I think the first part of public speaking is you're great until you start to realize you're here, you hear your own voice. And then you're like, oh crap, that's me talking. So you have to get over that initial hurdle. Then with the Absolutely. microphone, you have to learn mic skills, you know, where to put it, how to hold it. Um, hopefully it's attached to you. You're not actually waving it around. <laughs> but those are things I had to learn. I had to learn really quickly. So, you know, I did it trial by fire. Like I literally, I stumbled, I would trip. The only person who would know that I would mess up any of the presentation information would only be myself. The people coming to listen had no clue if I said something wrong. They didn't know. Mm -hmm. They didn't know. They didn't care if I got tongue tied. You know, it, it's all in your head. And that's really the bottom line. It's mindset. It's all in your head. So if you can just see the big picture, you have something special that you're sharing and you just want to make sure they understand the passion you have for it. That's all. They just want to hear that. They're, they're super thrilled that you're excited about something and then they want to know more. But yeah, after the 6,000, I was like, I can talk to anybody. I don't care. <laughs> I was like, oh, put me on course. any stage. I'll do anything now. <laughs> Let me stand Yeah, that's stage. amazing. Wow, I can't imagine 6,000 people staring back at you. It's, that's crazy. It was mortifying. Oh, mind you, it was like in sessions too. It wasn't just like a one-shot deal. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was, um, I, I clearly remember it. Uh, but one, it was in Nashville, which is awesome. And we're going back to Nashville um, yeah, this fall. This is the new one in Nashville. I'm so excited because this was, um, we were, is the Omni the, uh, near the opera? Uh, Opry. Um, oh, Gaylord Opryland? Thank you. That's where we were. Yeah, that's where we had our leadership summit. And it was fantastic. And that was my first Nashville experience. And I fell in love with the city. So I'm so excited to be going back in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. My mom and I, I don't know if she's got tickets yet or she's still trying to get tickets, but I may see you yeah, there. So oh, I hope so. Well, if nothing else, we can meet um, outside of it because that would be great. I would love it. For sure. So yes, those were such great tips. Um, I know even like in college presentations, I've done a group presentation with people who didn't want to read the presentation out loud. I'm of like, course. what are you doing? No, like read it in your dorm room to yourself, mm -hmm. like at least 10 times. Yeah. Um, and then something else I learned through public speaking, and maybe you can testify to this for people who are starting out, the audience can look very dull or very uninterested. Mm -hmm. And so my first time I would look out into the audience and like straight faces, you know, like no one yeah. was smiling back at me and I'm putting all this energy into it. And I'm, you know, talking with such passion. And then I was really down about that. And then I thought to myself, oh, well, when I'm listening to a presenter, I'm not like smiling and giddy, like I'm focused and I'm thinking and taking in their information and writing notes. And so it obviously depends on where you're at in the audience, but just be aware that if they don't look like they're super into you in the moment. They're probably just taking in all your great content. And honestly, that's the truth. And Hannah, that's a great reminder. So I did have a couple people in the audience who I knew. Again, these are mm -hmm. peers of mine. And so I'm when I started to get like a little like, oh, you know, I would like look at that and then she would smile. You know, like you can find someone in the audience who knows you right. most of the time and they can just give you a little wink and a little smile. And you're like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm okay. But you're right. I also for the most part, wasn't quite sure if I was getting the message across because it was such a big group and I hadn't done that level before. Girl, at the end, they all rushed up to the stage to ask more questions. I was like, what, what, me? There were like four other presenters. And I was like, you want to know more about what I just said? So you're right. They're listening. They are paying attention. And that's actually a good thing. Or they're taking notes. Um, and I kind of like to look kind of beyond the audience. Um, unless I know a recognizable face, I try to look kind of past them. And it's mm -hmm. also good to kind of move your eyes across the room. Like you would, like if you were reading, you know, kind of go left to right and right. To, you know, you want to just, you, you don't want to just be <laughs> like not moving, locked knees, just looking <laughs> straight forward. You, you got to have a little movement. So give yourself right. a break, like, like let your arms down, you know, like, Give yourself a little movement on stage too, like move around a little and move your head back and forth. And that usually will also keep people engaged because they'll be following your head. So that, that helps. But these are all things you practice. Nobody knows how to do this from the get start. And so I was so, so impressed that your high school really pushed you guys to do this because 
honestly one of the best lessons because no matter what your high school peers end up doing for a career, that public speaking is going to be so helpful for them. So kudos, kudos to that. Yes. And you gave such great tips and any listeners, if you're still in school and your school offers a public speaking class, it'll probably be terrifying, but take it because you know, it'll just make you better. And practice makes perfect with speaking for sure. Totally. Don't wait until you're my age to learn how to do that stuff. Just get it done. Um, Because it was a big fear. I really was afraid of it. And I laugh because it's what I get paid to do now for a living. I mean, it's a dark, funny circle there. But yeah, the thing I fear the most is what I get paid to do. So (laughs) be careful what you wish for. Um, And it's crazy. Um, But that's also part of like this learning process of how to better yourself, right? We're in this world where we are constantly trying to achieve more and learn more. And I'm so open to getting feedback and how can I improve myself and how can I be better? Because when I'm coaching and mentoring people, I want to make sure that I'm giving them that same kind of love because that's what this is all about. You got to love it. You got to have passion and joy every day. Right. So when you do coach and work with women, what do you find to be the biggest struggles in confidence and like gaining confidence in them? So it's so interesting. Um, Similar to you, I don't quite know what propelled me to like want to be an agent. Well, I do. I mean, my dad and my father were agents, but I was so like, I'm going to be an agent. And I, I, I don't know why it was such an interest to me. But from five years old on, I was scribbling the logo of the agency I wanted to work at. Um, I never, like I said, never liked being an employee. I always liked being a boss. Maybe it's because I'm a Leo. I don't know. But I, for some reason, I was always like, I'm going to own it. And I did. And I had my own management company. I've had my own businesses before. Um, this is a whole new realm. Um, being Having a virtual business, having a network marketing business, these are all things I've had to learn. Nothing was taught in school about how to do any of this. So it's, we're all, you all start from a level playing field. And that's what I tell anyone new who joins me in business or who just wants coaching from me. Like we're all learning. Like that's the first part, be open and be coachable. But there was this common denominator that I was finding um, with team members and people I was coaching, women who are very intelligent, who have degrees, who have big jobs in their normal day life, who were, you know, trying this on the side to see if they could do it, um, were crushed by no's. Their confidence level, like, literally put them on the ground when friends, family, or even acquaintances said no to their offer. And I, I just, it kind of blew my mind because I was like, but that's part of the, not the game, but that's the game of life. Not everyone is going to say yes to you every time you open your mouth. And I chalk it up to, maybe it's from waiting tables, <laughs> the waitress is always going to ask you, if you want coffee and dessert at the end of a meal, if you said no to her, do you think she goes in the back and cries? <laughs> no, but she's going to ask every single person that comes into her restaurant if they want coffee and dessert because that's her business. That's just mm-hmm. part of it. So, you know, asking someone if they're ready to buy skincare or ready to join you in business or, you know, ready for a change, it's most likely timing that's not right for them. It has nothing to do with you personally. And I think we mentioned this about the planner and how you're about to launch this planner. And if it's not a success, which I doubt it, um, but if it's not, that it has nothing to do with you personally. It's a simple timing factor. And that's what, so the confidence crown and the confidence coaching I do is really to get people to start to believe in themselves again and understand that those no's are just not right now. It's not a personal thing. So the podcast turned into a book because I keep getting the same kind of questions about how do you get past this? I'm like, I just don't let it bother me. Like, it's just not, it doesn't have weight in my world. There's so many other things that are so much more important. Plus keep going for those no's because you're going to get yeses. Just don't let it stop you. It should propel you. It should make you want to work harder. (laughs) It should make you want to share more, like use it as energy to keep going. Stop worrying about what other people think. If you love this, keep talking. That's so good. Cause like we mentioned in the podcast with, um, on your show, 
you have to separate yourself from your business and being such career focused women and wanting to, you know, always improve and make the sales and, you know, have the success that we see on Instagram. We kind of, or at least for me, like I said, I was working through this. I attach myself to my business. Like my YouTube channel is me. If a YouTube video doesn't do good, then guess who was that whole 10 minute video? Like that was me and it was my content. So that means they must not like me if they dislike the video. And I'm starting to have to separate myself like you mentioned, from business and realize that business is something we have. It's not who we are. And it's just a compilation of all our creativity and ideas. But, you know, you can pivot. That's the amazing thing about business. If something isn't working, guess what? You still have more ideas. You can come up with something different and pivot. Totally. The pivot is part of it. I mean, this is because we are in a digital age that is ever changing. We have to continue to pivot. I mean, I told you the one thing I don't have really is a YouTube channel because I just haven't had the bandwidth to take on another thing to learn. Um, the podcast was one thing. Um, writing a book was another thing. Um, I, you know, I'm still trying to get my Instagram to the place that I want it to be. Um, finding your audience, it takes time. It doesn't just happen overnight. Um, you know, the fact is Instagram has been around long enough that influencers that we used to know, they came at a different digital age. You know, it, things are different now. We have algorithms to deal with. Um, we have bots to deal with. We have all these other things. But if you just keep putting out your values, your message, and you are continually being authentic about yourself and what you want to share with people, they'll, they'll find you find you and and they will love on you and you will grow. It just might not be as fast as you want it to be. It might not be exactly the way you envisioned it. Um, but it doesn't mean you're not putting out quality content. And yeah, give yourself a break. I mean, I have to remind myself of this daily. Like I look sometimes at a post, I'm like, oh, that's so sad. <laughs> like it didn't, it didn't, it didn't respond well. And then others, which I don't think are going to mean anything, they take off. Like you never right. really really know. You just have to be comfortable, you know, again, and feel good about what you're putting out. And again, your audience and your community will find you. They're excited about you. You know, there's some people who obviously have watched you grow up. I mean, this is exciting for them to see you continue on. You're going to have, you're going to have followers forever who, you know, just want to stay with your story. So it's, it's awesome. Just give everyone, just Give yourself a break and stay in your own lane. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> Such good truth. I'd love to talk a little bit about your new book coming out. Um, what is it about and what inspired you to write it? So it's so funny. I never thought I'd write a book, honestly. It was um, a challenge from a coach. So there you go about that. Mm-hmm. Um, the podcast. So I wasn't a blogger, by the way. I had, I had no like social media life prior to starting my network marketing business. And for the most part, it was on Facebook. And then I, I really love Instagram. So I started to spend a lot more time there. Um, and I started to really hone my, hopefully my Instagram skills to what I really enjoy looking at. Um, and the podcast was something I'd wanted to do and put off. And finally, I was like, I'm just going to do that. And that was last year. And a coach I was working with said, you know, the next thing, the next step should be a book. And I'm like, a book? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, look how much I've already done. Um, but it was this, again, all this confidence that people are coming to me. You know, they're suffering. They're not loving their life. They're not loving themselves. They're not finding joy daily. And that's really like my passion. So um, I, called, I called it B hashtag strong her. And it's a guide to building confidence. Um, and a lot of it are personal stories. Some of it came from the podcast um, about how I got over fears and my own failures and stumblings um, to continue to keep moving on. Like, again, it, uh, nothing stops me. Like, you know, <laughs> my, my podcast, you know, doesn't have the biggest audience, but the people who are listening, they love it. Um, you know, I, I just, I just know, like you said, it's about finding your audience and they will find you. The message I'm putting out there is a really positive one. I really want to support women for them to chase their dreams. And I want to encourage them to live a life that I have because the freedom that I have and the choices that I can make are because I never stopped trying. So be stronger is, um, a little bit of a workbook. And it's also, um, stories about, again, like how I got over things. And it includes like, 
how I get up in the day, like you said, my schedule, people always ask, like, how do you time block? How do you make time for all these things? How do you do this? So I map it out. Um, and then there's actually the workbook element of it. So they can figure it out themselves, like assessments, like strengths and weaknesses, what they want to improve, what they want to focus on. There's even like journaling pages so they can um, actually take time and find out what they really want to work on or what they love about themselves, right? You want to you want to support both. Um, and then we even talk about like self-care and self-love and how to have a pampering day and really like, you know, honor you um, and really earn your crown because that's what this is all about. It's really about being supportive and um, lifting up other women to just want to achieve. And it's funny, I love that I, you know, appeal to your generation um, and one that is much older, um, much more established, but maybe is taking a second look at their life because they didn't love what they've been doing for a long time. Um, and so I love that I can help anyone. Like it's really just about people who want growth and personal growth and really want to flourish. And so the book started as an ebook. Um, you, we talked about InDesign and your episode of my show. Um, the workbook was actually created in an InDesign format. And so, um, and the, we're working on the paperback version right now. And man, are we struggling with InDesign. So that was definitely not my strength. Um, I have to delegate that. I tried to learn it and I wanted to just kill myself. Um, and I'm so impressed that you you took it on and, and mastered it. Um, but it's finding the right people, you know, finding the right editors, people who help me to get my vision across because I have an idea of what, how I want things to look. I can't always do every piece of it. And so that's also been a process, like learning, you know, where to give up the responsibility. <laughs> delegate, sure. delegate, delegate. Um, but I love it. So yes, there is an ebook. Um, it's a, a Kindle version right now on Amazon, but um, the paperback is coming very, very soon. We're in the final phases of just getting the tweaks done because when you self-publish, formatting is a little difficult. It does. It seems like it'd be very easy. You should just be able to push a button and change it, but you can't. You literally have to start from scratch. So things I've learned this year. Yeah. Oh my things goodness. Well, I can't wait to order. I would Thank love to you. order the paperback because I just love keeping books with me and um, taking them on vacations and on planes and stuff. And I can't wait to read it because it sounds right up my alley. Like I could learn so much from it. I love the title. Thank love you. the content. Yeah. So was the biggest struggle creating this book, was it the InDesign? Was it learning how to delegate that? Um, or was there something else that kind of arose? Well, obviously having to like sit down and actually focus and be like, I'm going to write a book. Okay. So I gave myself like okay. a few weeks, really. I was like, I just got to whip this out. Um, that's not a normal book writing methodology. <laughs> Most people yeah. take a lot of time. Um, I was challenged in the middle of December and I released the ebook on March 8th or 5th, whatever, is the same dang day that Rachel Hollis released her book. So that was like a huge crushing blow. I love Rachel. I had pre-ordered the book myself. Didn't even think we had the same launch date, but there you go. So talk about a massive fail, but we show up in the same lines. Like if you're looking for books like Rachel or like Lisa's, it's Rachel. So we share a byline. Um, it's really funny. Um, and we actually talk about a lot of the same subjects, which is also really interesting to me. Um, uh, Rachel and I talk a lot about the same things, about how, again, building self-confidence and those things you need to do in your daily life to just keep practicing. But yeah, you know, it was all a learning experience. Um, I, I, the same way I kind of started the, the podcast, I just did outlines. Like the episodes I wanted to start with, I did outlines for everything. I just wrote it all out. Um, and then I went back and I kept fine tuning it and fine tuning it. And I worked with an editor to help me make sure that it was <laughs> in a proper format for a book. Um, it's so funny being on the other side when I was managing writers and stuff, we were, I was looking at scripts. Formatting is very different. I wasn't really looking at books and there is a way that it needs to be presented. So again, me having to say, Hey, this is where my limitation is. I need to find a pro to help me. Um, was also part of the process um, because, you know, there's not enough hours in the day to learn everything. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, I pat myself on the back that I was, I did something completely outside my comfort zone. Never knew I was going to be a writer, but I've done it and I could do it again now that I understand all the ins and outs of it. Um, and I like the fact that, um, that I finished it. You know, it's like you can start a lot of things and not finish them. And that's kind of part of the battle. 
you know, podcast comes out weekly. <laughs> I've got the book done. These are things I would have never imagined me doing. And it was um, really cool to tap into the creative side and let that go. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in just doing it, like just do the work. You'd be surprised what you are capable of. I love that. And how you said just there's accomplish and just finishing, you know, that's not a lot of people do. They, a lot of people start brand new things Mm -hmm. full of passion, but it's totally different to actually finish something, especially if it's over a long term time. Totally. I've got people who buy into the business who never start. They like buy the kit and they like, they don't do anything. I'm like, Hey, don't you want to make a little ROI? Like, come on, let's get going. But people get scared. It's fear, right? It's fear. And so we yeah. all have to like face our limiting beliefs, whatever they are. We like to tackle them and get past them because everyone should have a chance to succeed. I'm not, not everyone wants the same thing. So everyone wants a shiny car or they want a lot of money or a big house. That's not everyone's goal, but everyone wants to be comfortable. Everyone wants to, you know, feel proud about what they do. So, you know, it's, it's understanding your wants and needs, but also knowing that you should never settle. There's no reason. There's so many opportunities. Never settle. Mm, so good. Well, on the Dream Achieve podcast, I always like to end with asking Lisa, what is the next dream you're working towards achieving? Funny that you should ask that. Um, so, my dear, um, I'm actually taking the whole coaching and mentoring process to the next level. And I'm going to be doing um, both virtual workshops and in-person workshops. And those will eventually turn into masterminds. So I'm, I'm actually in the creative stage as we talk. Um, I'm working out the ins and outs of what these um, half-day um, workshops are going to look like. Uh, because I really love this part of it. Um, but I want to be able to get to more people um, than just an in-person or the one-on-one coaching I do. So they're going to be virtual. And I think that's going to be really exciting. Yes, that sounds so exciting. Oh my gosh, I know they're going to do so good. You're so great at speaking virtually as we are today. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So I know this will do great. Well, thank you, Lisa. Where can people follow your journey? Well, you can find me on Instagram at The Confidence Crown. Um, That's also the name of my website where you can not only find the book, but I forgot this part, the workbook for the book you could actually download for free so that you can actually start writing in your workbook if you're if you're actually paying attention on the ebook version. So if you got the Kindle, download that free workbook so that you can um, start putting your your bits together. And then of course um, the Confidence Crown podcast you can find anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Wonderful. Thank you again, Lisa, for sharing so much insight today. Oh, thank you, Hannah, so much. I'm so happy we got to do this. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. If you loved it, we would be so happy if you shared it on your IG stories and tagged either Miss Hannah Ashton or at Dream Achieve Workbook to show that you're listening or just tell your friends, your gal pals, your mom, whoever you think would love these episodes. Just word of mouth is great as well. And if you want to take it a step further, we would be so flattered if you left us an iTunes review, which you can do through the iTunes podcast app or your iTunes app. And that is just an easy way for us to see how we're doing and for others to find the show. And I just am so thankful if you've listened to this whole episode and I want to thank you personally. So leave a review, screenshot it, send me a DM showing um, that you've listened and that you love it and it would just make my day and I'd love to chat with you individually. Okay, that is it for this episode. I will talk to you guys next Friday. See you then.